Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nest in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour, till it was all leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God, we thank you for your holy words. We thank you for your holy word, our Savior Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, who is your wisdom sent from above, and who stands with us now and will feed us with his body and his blood today. We pray in his name. Amen. Good morning. I'm looking at my watch because I'm just going to have a brief few remarks today um, as we have an abbreviated service. This is just wonderful to see everybody. A, But B, it's a beautiful morning. (laughs) It's not half bad out here, is it? Um, A few things. This is such a strange moment. Um, As I was preparing to talk to you today, you know, I've prepared lots of sermons over the last four months, but I've not prepared lots of sermons to be given to you directly. I normally just talk into the camera, which is kind of boring. I like to see your faces and your eyes. I like to see when you nod off to sleep and then jolt back awake. Um, But uh, just a few things. This is just the first step for us in a long road back. None of us knows how long it'll be until we get back to normal. And honestly, it will probably never be like the normal before. We've experienced a huge disorientation that the pandemic has caused. So we're just having to relearn how to do life right now. 
And so this is just our first step. Stay tuned um, as we're, we're working with our host, Central Lutheran, on what is possible here on this property. Um, so there's a strong chance that we won't have another morning outdoor service like this. But stay tuned. We'll communicate with you clearly. But, but, but we even hear that and we even um, experience the discomfort of this time with lament. There's much to be lamented. We haven't been able to gather and to gather is essential to what it means to be being the church. You know, God is gracious. God has been with us. But we've really experienced a deficit and a lack without gathering. But moreover, so much has changed in our world. And anytime there's change, we, we have to be able to grieve with that change, with that loss. So think about all the things that the pandemic has taken away from us. I mean, who would have thought that we would have to, just to have church, we'd have to be out on this grass? How does that make you feel? I'm sure there's a complex of emotions that you feel. We think about the racial strife that has hit a, a new flashpoint as we reckon with the sins of our fathers, to be frank. So there's hope for a good way forward, but there's also discomfort. There's also grieving. There's also strife. There's economic uncertainty as our market fluctuates and our livelihoods perhaps fluctuate. Don't forget about our benevolence and COVID relief fund that we have here at St. Bart's, as you may experience that firsthand. In social, economic, and political divisions that were already present, have now been calcified. And now everything, everything seems like it's a political statement. And so today, we just want us to be present to that and be aware of that and grieve with that. There's a loss there. We've lost something. And we've experienced a lot of change. But the lessons today beautifully, powerfully remind us that Though so much around us has changed, so much has been disorienting, some things have never changed. And that is that, A, God is fiercely for us. St. Paul, getting to the height of this beautiful letter, this epistle to the Romans. And if you think of the epistle to the Romans as like the Himalayas, then chapter 8 is like Mount Everest. It's like the highest height that it can be. And he describes how God is fiercely for us. Let me just highlight a few things. He describes that because the Spirit prays for us in our weakness when we're at home alone and terribly lonely and don't know what to do, when we're frustrated or angry at our children, when we're confused and angry about what's happening around us. The Spirit groans and prays for us and in us. God works all things together for good, for those who love him and for those who are called according to his purpose. For some of us, that verse may be hard to hear because that's been given to us as a thing we're just supposed to accept. And we do need to accept and receive it, but remember that God gives it to us in his grace, in his kindness, in his goodness, in the fact that he is fiercely for us. Furthermore, he's fiercely for us because he who did not spare his own son 
but gave him up for us all, how will he not also freely along with his Son give us all things? So in this season when we experience drought and lack and want and confusion and uncertainty, the triune God reminds us that he's given us him, his very self and his Son, that he's given us his very self in his Holy Spirit, and we can rest in that. So that's the first thing that won't change, that God is fiercely for us. Moreover, we remember that Christ is coming to judge the living and the dead. We don't, we don't tend to think of goodness and judgment on the same page, do we? But with God, the one who is unapproachable light, with God, the one whose wisdom is far above us, the two come together. And we hear that in the parables, don't we? And we realize that what we do in this life does matter. Psalm 119 is beautiful. I'd never read Psalm 119 as a prayer for God to help me, to help you, to help us to obey him. You know, a lot of us have church baggage, don't we? It, we do. I remember being a teenager and really wanting, trying really hard to obey God, obey God, obey God but forgetting the deeper reason why to obey God. God wants me to be fully human. If Jesus Christ is the truly human one, and this is part of our vision and our values here, then God wants us to, to live like Christ in the power of Christ. And so Psalm 119 is like 172 verses of the psalmist crying out. He says, my eyes are fountains of tears. Because people have not kept your law, and, O oh God, I can't even keep it. Blessed are you, O oh Lord. Teach me your statutes over and over and over again. And the God who's fiercely for us, and the God who's coming to judge the living and the dead, will teach us his statutes. But there's a little qualifier in here. Did you notice it in the parables? The man that found the treasure in the field, the merchant that found the pearl of great price, what did they have to do? to get those treasures. They had to sell it all. They had to sell everything. Jesus Christ says, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, the tree of life, and let him follow me. To attain to the kingdom of God, we must completely surrender our whole selves. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach us your statutes. As we surrender our whole selves, God pours into us his whole self as we can handle him. And this is our treasure. In the season of COVID, in the season of uncertainty, in the season of strife and, and longing for all people to be treated as they're made in the image of God, as icons of God, we don't want to destroy the icons of God, the images of God, but we lift them up as they are made in God's image. In this season of economic uncertainty, of political and social and economic divisions, our great treasure is God himself. And that is what we have to offer one another through his holy word, through his holy sacrament. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.